1: In a week when Cristiano Ronaldo's brace in a 4-1 win for Juve moved him up into second place in the all-time competitive football goal-scoring stakes and just one behind the all-time leader, Albion themselves caught the goal-scoring bug with three, well, onion bag, as you could call them, to preserve a point and keep the Wolves from the door. An improved performance overall was, however, marked by the fact that the team still sit dangerously close to the trapdoor as we move towards the halfway mark of the season, if indeed there is to be a whole one of those. At least we have a nice, easy away day to add to our decent record on the road when we travel to the Etihad. Uh, when does that uh, curtailment that we um, ordered arrive, Peter, do you know? Yes, I do have with me, sitting squeaky bums in the chair on the other side of Zoom Worlds to me, Mr Peter Marsh. Hello again, Peter, how are you doing?
0: Hey Russ, good thanks, yeah, you?
1: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, off the back of a more positive performance of the weekend, I thought overall, still not a win, but a three-all draw, which ultimately in the end proved to be pretty decent. Um, I'm not, not, uh, too uncomfortable with that overall, although things are obviously still on a precipice at the moment um I also should mention Peter you are drinking for two aren't you um you're not pregnant and doing something really irresponsible you are just drinking beer while I on the other hand have pledged to do no such thing or any other kind of alcohol until we next win a game so that's me total for 2021 um <laughs> in, in other news um you might have a chance well, at away games to be fair yeah to be to be honest our away record isn't too bad
0: um it's, it's the the- ones you might struggle with
1: yeah, and chatting on the Zoom Terrace this week when we were just watching the game, um, a few of us, um, I did make the note that um, I, I actually fancy us to get something from City. It's the only one of the big six we haven't got anything against. <laughs> we are better away from home. Um, there is the slight snag that they are looking on fire suddenly, just in time to play us. I'm um, yes,
0: beginning to think my prediction of City winning the league at the start of the season may actually be correct. Yeah, it's
1: starting they to actually look They only like
0: be one point behind United yeah. Liverpool if they win their game in hand.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Yesterday, I watched I watched the game in my well most of the game with my Chelsea's point mate, and they just destroyed Chelsea. After a pretty mm. slow fifteen minutes, they they walked through, and frankly, they should have won by more than three one if they'd if they'd really kind of really committed yeah. to it.
1: Yeah, it's ominous signs. The only flip side to that is they have got games to play in addition to,
0: to those that we have. Yeah. So Looking like, at the eleven, they could have played that didn't play yesterday. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's <laughs> nothing they, to really, relax
0: about. Their, their squad rotation will probably beat our... Uh, and I, I wonder if we might rotate the squad a little bit for that game as well. With Leeds not playing that midweek, I wonder if we might also do a bit of squad rotation ourselves, especially maybe taking Dunkey out of the line because um, he's got four bookings and I think... and. Yeah, but the good news yeah. is that seemingly with Leeds not playing, that Calvin Phillips misses our game against them.
1: Yeah, is that is that right? Because
0: yeah, it's been, I've got... seen the various Leeds articles on on that as well. So I, yeah. I kind of dismissed the fact he went to this booking, assuming they were playing when we were playing City. But because they're not playing until until the next midweek, there's some split big oh, game. Yeah. They um, he misses the game against us, which is actually a huge bonus because oh, that's a, really good, a pivotal mm-hmm. player for them.
1: He, he absolutely is. I really rate him. I think I could see him going to somewhere like Liverpool. If, yeah, him they really struggled
0: when he was out for about four or five yeah. games there in the season, so yeah. hopefully he can take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, he's probably what are. Liverpool need. He might even go to Liverpool before we play him anyway, who knows? Um, or somewhere like that. But yeah, I mean, he's a really, really good player and he was pivotal to their promotion as well, wasn't he? So yeah, if he is it.
0: indeed out. So that kind of I've, a little bit balances out the fact that they'll be fresh from, from not having yeah.
1: But why leave it on, on a high note, Peter, when I can drag it back down with another gloom, <laughs> a bit of gloomongery? I've decided to uh, return us to the Brighton and Hove Albion book On This Day by Dan Tester. His entry for what was Saturday, the 4th of January, the day we're recording this is, of course, Monday the 4th. Um, his for Saturday, January the 4th, 1975 reads... After dispatching Aldershot and Brentford at the Goldstone ground in the opening two rounds, Albion were at home again in the third round, this time against non-league Leatherhead. Peter Taylor's men were beaten by Chris Kelly, that's the Leatherhead lip, um, strike. The only goal of the um, contest secured a fourth round trip for Leatherhead to Leicester City's then ground, Filbert Street. Um, Joy, so maybe we get um, a giant killing Inflicted on us in the cup, which is of course um, this coming weekend. But you may also
0: have a postponement, given their uh, they, they were frozen at the last weekend or well, recently the last game at their game, yeah. and uh, the weather's not supposed to be that warm. I don't think at the weekend, and it's uh, Newport's ground is not great, given their rugby games as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean Newport aren't certainly not uh, a non-league side either, and although they have been in those divisions in the past, um, but yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they have a, a very tricky, good t- recent
0: record there for cup upsets. Yeah. Yeah, and, and of course they've they... beaten they Spurs, they've beaten Leeds, they've beaten Leicester. I, yeah. yeah, I I mean, I, I think we've probably got, we're helped out by the fact they've got no crowd there because it's quite a quite tight ground, I think. And, um, yeah. and I think we'll go into more detail in a pre in a week on this. But yeah, yeah. I think we've got more hope, more chance without anyone there watching. As mm. have all league clubs or bigger clubs going to to non-league or smaller clubs this weekend. There's less chance for an upside, say, behind closed doors. Yeah. But someone's probably still gonna get upset and it could easily be us if we play our well, yeah. do play our backup team.
1: We've we've mentioned it before, of course, but we have got this thing of the strength and depth all quite samey standard, which is both a, a curse and a blessing in some respects. It's probably a blessing, Lauren, when it comes to that game mm. coming out of the weekend, whether we we can field a team from what we consider more or less the reserves and still have a decent side out um of, of a similar general standard to what we normally do. Um whether that's going to be enough to overcome a, a team flying high um, overall in their division, we'll, we'll wait and see. We won't talk too much more about that as we will do a separate pro- podcast on that. And in fact, we hope to have our friend Spencer Vignes back for that one. In fact, he's uh, agreed to come on subject to any dramatic changes. So. We have uh, a-
0: have a busy week planned, in fact, don't we? We
1: have, yeah. Do you want to explain this, Peter? We've, uh... We are,
0: we are currently on. This is show 97, ninety 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 eight, didn't we say? Ninety eight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the plan is, given we started about a year ago, is to try and hit a hundred within the year when the so the first podcast was was put out on uh, Spotify on uh, the tenth of January. So, given yeah. we've got so close, we thought we might as well go for it this week and uh, produce three different podcasts. So we have uh, today, which is ninety eight. And then hopefully we're also going to be joined by potentially a, a special a special guest this week to do a hmm. kind of a, uh, to do a show, and also to be joined by Spencer for the Newport preview. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, that, that this time last year, year. we'd never done a podcast before, and then uh, a year later, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> who yes.
0: would have predicted that this time last year? <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah. the biggest
0: I mean- news of the last year, in fact. Yeah,
1: it's a bit of a vanity project, to so the, these extra ones, just, just because of uh, the numbers. But I just thought, wow, we got so close to that round number, we might as well sod it, we might as well go for it. we got to be um, left
0: 99 not out, do we, at the end?
1: <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, th- this time last year, we were just saying off air that um, the 4th of Jan, we've just mentioned cup matches, I think the 4th of Jan... Last year, because the Libya was was actually um, a Saturday when we um, had played Sheffield Wednesday and lost at home in the cup, so another miserable cup uh, game that was. And it was in the in the aftermath of that that we were wallowing in pity when we met up. I think we recorded it. We, we reckon we recorded it on the sixth, but didn't get it out to the tenth. So to have our one hundredth episode anywhere in between those dates would would effectively be the anniversary episode as well. That's the that's the general idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah I mean the other on this day, by the way, from dan tester's book uh, for for reference um said second division Albion hosted Southern Premier division Crawley Town um in an all sussex f a Cup third round tie. <laughs> this is in nineteen ninety two Do you remember this one
0: i ha- I have a story from this game
1: right well take take it up from there. we don't uh, need I was Dan mascot got for that
0: Pete. game <laughs> you were
1: the mascot
0: yeah, seriously
1: <laughs> brilliant I didn't know you did that.
0: No, I, yeah, I was, I, you know, kind of the junior Seagulls in those days so used to kind of um, do a, a draw for who was mascot for each game. And so I got randomly selected for the, yeah, it was like, it was like a massive, it's the biggest crowd I think I was at, at the Goldstone ever, because a lot of it was shut off a lot of my time watching from 1990. Um, so I think it was pretty much the the, the the whole Goldstone was open at that point, about 18,000 something like that. And we won 5-0. Yeah. And yeah, I was mascot on that day. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that... On that occasion, then, I've, I've got to ask you... I said we
1: weren't going to do too many quizzes, but I've got to ask you, do you remember who scored the goals? Uh,
0: I would have thought that... I'm trying to think back again. Um, I feel like Ian Chapman might have got one. Is that right? Um, or you're, right?
1: On, you're on the right tracks. He did score, yeah. but um, he may have got more than one.
0: You get two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. i trying to think back to... It would have been a season of Mark Gall and... Um, and Raphael Mead and that's what it did Gould get yeah, that's yeah. those a more likely. And maybe like Absolutely, like Clive actually. Walker or Codner or something like that. There was yeah. I don't Good remember word,
1: Peter. Good I remember You've the fact it.
0: that it was definitely five nil and uh, yeah, the biggest win I've I pretty much saw in my life, first up ten years watching Albion, to be honest. Yeah.
1: I, think, I, I can't actually remember. I think I was in that game. I'm pretty sure I was, but um but yeah, it was it was a brace from Chapman. The other goals were indeed from Mark Gall, Raphael Mead, and Clive Walker. So, wow, that's
0: a pretty, pretty spot good.
1: on. I mean, you only you only mentioned one other name apart from all the right answers. So, in, in, and that was the last one you mentioned. So, you got it right straight away. I'll shut um, up. Really. Top <laughs> no top points. Top points. Well, for that was. One. I
0: didn't know. I, I'd forgotten the date was the fourth of January, but uh, yeah, yeah. I so went with We had like six tickets, and so I went with my parents and my dad's mates who we go went with, with, and my mate from school, and we yeah got kind of yeah really well. Really well treated by the Albion. it was a fantastic day. I'd been watching yeah. for about a year then, year and a half.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and a big crowd just because you were there, of course.
0: Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. It wasn't, you know, the fact that it was a local derby or a huge game for Crawley. And they probably, probably won the, not many times they got to the third round at that stage. Because mm-hmm. they were obviously quite, a, yeah, they weren't anywhere near where they are now at that point. So,
1: yeah, I've never, I've never been a mascot, actually. Um, I've, I've got to say, I can't particularly remember ever wanting to do it as a kid. Especially, but um, I,
0: I was just—I uh, you know, think it was just a thing. I was like Junior Seagull, you kind of got into it yeah. more, and, oh, and I so I was, I was picked out. And it was when we were so I, it was when we were wear, wearing the Tesco kit. So I got a free Tesco <laughs> kit, and so we had the shorts and the stripes, the oh, no. and the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh,
1: worst kit ever. Surely it has to be. I don't know the red, pink
0: uh, diagonal striped away shirt that we <laughs> wore when I first started watching must be the—I think probably the worst thing I, I've ever seen.
1: This is too tragic. We've got to change the subject. Well, well, what we're going to do with the rest of this first half of the pod is to go through some to of the. I'd say that
0: I'm available to be mascot again this season if Albion want to win five 0 at home again.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: if you I to get into the game as a kind of like you know into the bubble of the game, I can uh, and watch it.
1: <laughs> Somebody I'm to did...
0: sacrifice myself.
1: Somebody got put in as a mascot as an adult, didn't they? Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which cop oh, was like that? that? I can't remember. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, that was quite funny. But um, no, I mean, the rest of the first half, what we're going to do is talk through some of the general football news and we're going to get into the review of the Wolves game. So there's quite a bit to talk about uh, in the second half. Um, so just going on to bits of news, there has been quite a bit actually breaking today. Um, overall, there's, well, there's certainly the looming possibility, I would probably say probability of, of another lockdown. Scotland have announced they're going into one overnight um, at midnight tonight. Things aren't looking good. The figures are pretty bad. They've been post 50,000, haven't they, the figures for the UK, I think in each of the last five or six days um, of of main figure releases and not looking good in general. There's been a lot more postponements again, hasn't there, up and down the land football-wise in particular. So lots of things to kind of worry about on that score. I think the general consensus, as we were talking about on a previous pod, is that it would probably take about two-thirds of the season to elapse before... um, the figures would stand as they are. More likely, it would be a curtailment um, if we did have to finish completely beforehand. Um, exactly where we sit, we don't really know.
0: It's too early to say. But I don't um, think there being a, an end of the season at the moment. I no, think, be, I think I things will improve enough significantly enough in spring to to allow the season to finish. It's a matter of how many games there are to we've played. If we did have a have a what's, whatever you know, kind of a stop for a while, it's yeah. It's more likely if if everyone's playing three games a week. Is it really a fair competition when you've got like Man City with a 22-man squad who could probably get into most, all of whom could get into most teams, as compared to, you know, Brighton who, you know, well maybe we actually we're not a good example, but some teams who maybe only about 15 players who are much who are like first team material.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. I I see the same thing. I think if anything, there might be um, a circuit breaker, um, maybe an extended period of some sort circuit breaker if necessary, they might put back the Euros again, Um if it's if it's causing a problem on a wider scale who knows? But
0: My thought is they probably I think they'll be almost desperate to carry on as they are, hmm. if they can to try and keep people's, well, I say I say that, not allowing for Albion because obviously watching Albion doesn't keep your spirits up at the moment, but generally to keep people's spirits up and have Premier League football available on TV is probably quite a big thing I can see yeah. a lower league, maybe kind of like League 1 League 2, but maybe not Premier
1: League and hmm. Championship, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in other news, we'll, we'll get on to the Albion itself later on. But one one uh, mention related to the Albion, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I think it was uh, Football Daily, actually. It might have been five live things. So That's probably from last night's broadcast. But um, it was um, talking about um, Graham Potter, apparently a post-match tweet. I didn't realise he was on Twitter. I thought he wasn't, but no, who knows. Anyway, apparently defending his record. Um if you're going by the record and the stats, actually, it doesn't make brilliant reading, to be honest. Um, not quite sure what that was all about. I didn't get a chance to look into you're that anymore. An Twitter account, or was it like a- That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, because I mean, I looked. I looked on there, and there was nothing obvious a while ago. I, I can't say I've been obsessively <laughs> trying to uh, trying to track it down. Because if it wasn't particularly obvious, I'm assuming anything else is either more subliminally hidden, or or just not yeah. a real account. But, um,
0: and actually, Graeme, if you're listening, if you were fancy coming on the show and uh, defending your record here, we'd be happy <laughs> to listen to you.
1: Yes, come on, Graham, come on. Um, you know it's you want
0: I know you're an avid listener.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what they were saying, actually, in follow-up to their, to their comments about it was that um, Potter's a guy who they think generally, obviously they're talking outside of the Brighton fan base, um, isn't a manager who seems to be coming in for any ostensible criticism in terms of there doesn't seem to be the peril of the sack looming as far as anybody in the wider world is concerned, which is interesting because it's a, it's a subject I, I agree. I don't think it's happening anytime soon, but I think it's a subject that I'm a little surprised hasn't been posed sooner by some uh, forms of the media, but they, they seem to be still having a bit of a love in with him. Um, certainly as Kevin Day alluded to everything to do with the Albin seems to be, Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, but it's, to me, I, I don't know if, he has gone under the radar, I guess, a little bit when you look at the results. Um, the interesting thing is that Frank Lampard um, this week has started to come into focus as well, given Chelsea's record of not really tolerating underachievement for very long at all. He's slipping into that category now, especially given his signings in the summer and a poor performance by all accounts on the weekend. I haven't seen the highlights yet, actually, of that game, but... Um, yeah he he seems to be winning the sack race shall we say um as it were between the two um i don't know if you've got any comments on that but in in terms of the sack race as a whole we should also mention two people that have definitely gone past the, the finishing line today joey barton um has departed fleetwood um with immediate effect spurring a, um, a pun fest on my whatsapp group or one of them um as you may have seen and um, John Askey apparently has also gone from Port Vale who were doing quite well earlier in this season if I recall and that seems to have gone tits up suddenly so I don't know quite what's yeah, happening goal, either
0: but they, they haven't won in about 10 or something like that but then won at the weekend so it's a mm. bit of a weird timing that to give him yeah. the, and then dismiss him after winning at the weekend yeah
1: keeping on a, a sack theme um, as well just just going back to one uh, thing we mentioned before Tony Pudisley leaving oh, Sheffield Wednesday.
0: Sorry, the weekend. Sorry, they lost 4-0 at the weekend. That's why I misread what they were saying. That's probably why he's got sacked then.
1: Oh, right. okay, Yeah. I was going to say Tony Pulis, of course, had a win and a draw leading up to his sacking. It does transpire, as we've since discovered, that there's a lot more to it. I think, um, essentially, it sounds like due diligence wasn't really done by either party because Pulis needed he can do a job very well. I don't like his football. I like the guy. I don't like the man's football. Um, but his brand of football needs certain types. It's not always obvious signings. But the people he needs to do the job, he knows what he's doing. And if you give him the tools, he will deliver. And it appears that those tools are not available in the toolkit. Um, whether promises have been broken or not, I don't know. It sounds like Pulis was not happy with the lack of fulfilment on promises or the lack of opportunity at least in the transfer window coming up and there's some kind of falling out in general so that seems to be more to do with what it was about as much as the poor start and slightly better finish to his time there but um, anyway any more on the sacking front Peter we, it seem to be a lot it's, it's the usual time of year
0: isn't it yeah it is it's kind of like this yeah a with the transfer window coming and b getting towards as it is or normally at the halfway stage people Mm. are starting to think well you know maybe people won't turn it around maybe so and so won't quite you know compete whatever won't do it or alternatively already sat their manager the season and have worked out the other person wasn't any better in the first place so why we'll get rid of him as well
1: yeah well yeah i mean the the thing is of course it's affordability isn't it given the current times we're in um interestingly probably less of of that is is the case in the premier league i guess compared with the afl but in the uh, premier league did you know only two managers apparently were sacked in 2020, um, one of them being Nigel Pearson at uh, Watford, and the other, of course, being Slavan Bilic right near the end of the season for West Brom. That's according to a quote I heard again on another podcast. So if that's incorrect, don't blame me, blame whoever that was. <laughs> um,
0: I, mean, but, yeah, I, I can't think of anyone else. So, yeah, I mean, mm, interesting. It, Premier League yeah. was the worst of all of them, really. But yeah.
1: Um, and obviously if Watford was still in the Premier League, it would have been about five. Um, but, uh, given they're not anymore. Um, yeah, that's an interesting, I mean, it is a sign of the times, isn't it? I think a little bit with that, but yeah. Um, one other thing on the 2020, we, we were doing reflections in our last episode on the year in view. Um, one thing I felt we neglected to do was to moan enough about political matters. We're not ostensibly a political podcast by any means, but the sheer level of, humiliating embarrassment uh, bestowed upon the world, both sides of the Atlantic, uh, to start with, has to be worthy of another mention, I think, before we move on with this new year. Um, Donald Trump, obviously, is just just, so horrendous. It must be a bad dream we're all having when it comes to him. His time finally coming up. Apparently, the most recent thing was that he was trying to harass and bully the Georgian official into... Acknowledging that there was uh, shenanigans going on in relation yeah, to that, he must not say,
0: find me eleven thousand five hundred votes or something. Yeah, up to that So, or...
1: and the description was it was a man who was clearly not not right in the head. He'd, he'd lost his lost his head somewhere. Which,
0: uh, well, which is a
1: uh, yeah. You but final reflections on twenty twenty of this side of the Atlantic, um, we do have to make note of Dominic Cummings, who thankfully finally. Uh, departed his job and we, we've, we're obviously very teary-eyed about that for all of the all of the wonderful things he's done for the country uh absolute <laughs> disgrace of a man apparently a bit of a bully from, we
0: talk about the comings and goings can we now yeah.
1: well? <laughs> oh no there's no need for you to join in with the puns to say, sake Peter, I mean, please have really some dignity man
0: <laughs> my only purpose
1: Yeah, yeah. But I say we we are obviously shedding a tear over his loss. Someone else shedding tears, reportedly, was Matt Hancock, although I couldn't quite work that out when I was looking at him on screen. I mean, as I mentioned before, I'm a massive film fan. Um, I think anybody who isn't a massive film fan could see just as well as I could, though, Um, good acting and bad acting. And Matt, you're in the latter category um you you can add that to your list of reprehensible qualities
0: i would say um, to so give up the well, day job but i hope he would i hope he would <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> please give up the day job
0: <laughs> and the night jo- all other jobs basically just uh give up <laughs> <laughs> yeah give up it's a, it's a, or something
1: yeah there's, there's got to be a word instead of gallery of rogues to describe this lot obviously you've got bojo as well the most incompetent
0: prime minister that i can remember in my lifetime gavin uh, williamson who's uh Who's uh, about as useless as possible for education in terms of
1: uh,
0: yeah yeah he started to basically kind of like uh, attacked our the, my my local council Greenwich which is funny enough Labour council tried to shut schools but primary schools a few days early before Christmas and he threatened to take them to court if they did that and now he and and a few days ago he he listed a, a group some boroughs who were going to be shutting their primary schools for two weeks after Christmas and some wouldn't and funny enough Greenwich was on the list who would have to stay open after Christmas start opening after Christmas and now he's back down. But basically it's a sign of this government who seem to play like kind of, you know, their own personal kind of like grievances against against places or anti-political or views against actual public safety.
1: Yeah, it's a disgrace, isn't it? You've got Dominic Raab, you've got, what's the guy, the transport guy? He, another one who's-, uh, who's um, a... uh, Oh, what's his name? Um... Shash, begins with S, doesn't it? Can't remember now, but uh, yeah, an absolute um, shambolic mess, really. Yeah. And, Shaps, isn't it? Chaps, well, is
0: uh, that's it, yeah. 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 And, S- of, something of course, like pretty Patel, who is probably the most obnoxious person in the government of all of them. <laughs> no, no, no comment, really. Uh, and then, of course, they you've got the vampire cap, man. who is for French mm-hmm. transport. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. I, I wouldn't are have you... any of them round to, I wouldn't talk to any of them in the street. They're all pretty awful, basically.
1: No, not even the vampire himself, Rees Morg? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and I'm, I say this. I'm just, a big fan of Reese Mogg, as you can imagine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, joking aside, it it I don't think it's a it's a politically motivated point to say, rather than just a general point to say that it's been an absolute shambles. Um, really, I mean, there's it's been difficult times to handle, but I think they've been handled with with an extra dollop of incompetence, really, on top of the... Um, the, the difficulty involved
0: the big thing to me for me and without yeah without going to get too deep in politics is the whole idea that we're in it together and the, the dominic cummings shambles the starters showed that it wasn't true that anyone who's mm-hmm. lived with the government or who was connected to them could do whatever they wanted and anyone who anyone else could just say no one they don't care about us basically and that that's where i lo- yeah i i've never i've never a big fan of boris johnson as anyone on the whatsapp group we're on or other things would would testify to but you know, you kind of accept in these sort of situations it's a unique unique issue, and there's nothing else you can do about it. But the minute Dominic Cummings got away with what he got away with and kept his job, there was never any he kind of came back from that because it became clear that we weren't in it together, and, and and all the problems we've had since then I put down to that and to the weak leadership of Johnson in not sacking him.
1: Yeah, I mean they didn't help themselves, did they? It's ineffectiveness, indecision, and. Um, I and a lack of conviction in general, which is not helpful. They get on the map again, though,
0: which is a good thing.
1: True, yeah, they'll probably get loads of tourists now, actually, won't they, off the back of that? Um, Even at the time, there's probably, ironically, a number of people probably travel there to get amusing pictures when they shouldn't be doing that either, but nonetheless. A couple of other bits to mention on um, general pointers, really. Um, One thing to say in terms of football news, um, five subs have been voted for now by the EFL for the concluding stages of the EFL Cup, which is starting with these midweek games uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, and also, of course, for the final. Um, Probably a sensible move, I guess. And uh, yep, so nothing more really to say on that one. The
0: Premier League is so out of step with everything else in in not voting for that. It's it's just ridiculous. I I, I think I said it before, but the whole going to nine subs, but only allowing three of them is the most ridiculous rule of all time. It's like, you either have seven subs and allow three, Or you have nine subs in an L5. You don't have nine subs in an L3. That's ridiculous.
1: Hmm. Yeah, exactly. 100% agree. Um, It's
0: meant to please everyone, but actually pleases no one.
1: Yeah, that's exactly, yes. Sometimes compromises are good. uh, To resolve um, disputes uh, in the end, ultimately, it usually has to be a compromise. When it's something like this, it's the opposite. Compromise just doesn't help. It doesn't solve either side of the problem um which is really frustrating um okay so with the rest of this first half just to quickly shout out to a couple of people um thanks to all the listeners as we said before um i've been enjoying quite a bit on twitter this week I'm i'm not a massive user of twitter but i'd like to push the account when i can um, and i 've been noticing um thanks for all the tweets from Nick, one of the guests of the show who 's been helping retweet stuff for us. Um, thank you also to the Brighton bard a shout out to him I think he 's a listener of ours um, i 've been exchanging couplets with him on Twitter this week i don 't know if you saw that he um, was um, he liked our title for the um the, the Potter episode uh, Potty picks in Pot- in Potterville I think it was that we did um, he liked that one and it spurred a little uh, exchange on there. Um, Thanks also to Alan, uh, sorry, Albion Smudge. Um, he tweeted this week saying, lovely spot for a coffee break on the banks of the Euse, just north of Hamsey. Beautiful day, kept company, presently by Brighton Rock Pod, slaughtering leads. So, Peter, a big up to you there.
0: I can't imagine who that would be, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, if he's not a fan of this government, he'll be enjoying this episode as well. But uh, hello to you, Alan Smudge, and to any of the other listeners. I think um, I should give a shout out to Tony Cooney as well, who's a uh, Another regular listener, I think, and he's uh, he, he's quite active on Twitter as well. I've noticed him like a lot of our stuff as well. So thanks to him. Um, but Al- Albion Smudge got quite a few likes, I think, on his own post, which is uh, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I've, we've got friends like Duncan who uh, who regularly listens while on his allotment. Um, it's great to hear. It's it's strange that we are now becoming um, basically defined by by vegetable growing, really. Uh, <laughs> somewhere or, other, or at least associated with it um but thanks again to all the listeners all more or less when we're
0: talking yeah,
1: yeah exactly yeah um but but to any of you guys out there if you can and haven't already done so please do hit the subscribe button it's the best way from our point of view figures wise uh for listening um we'd appreciate that we'd appreciate any more reviews you can throw in our way which is which is all great um i think alan dodd who we mentioned last week has has, um, done so for us so thanks to him um if you can yeah hit subscribe review with five star pod uh, five star um markings and with written reviews all of that helps the algorithms and it really really will be appreciated if you can even if you write something derogatory, apparently it's not a problem, at least according to uh, <laughs> to other podcasts I've heard, where they've said the same. So on that matter, we thank you all. If you can oblige, that would be great. And we should at this moment also, while we're doing notices, say that we are as usual sponsored by Seagulls Over London. Um, we'll get into the details of the match report in part two, but we did have a post-match chat, which you hosted, didn't we, as part of the Seagulls Over London um, agenda. Um, where we were delighted to have Nick Schapanik uh, join us, who, of course, has been a guest on this podcast just a few weeks ago.
0: Um, and he was good value, wasn't he? Interesting. He was good, some yeah. of the points yeah, he made. And, pretty interesting. Um, objective of someone who actually, obviously, has to, as part of their work, basically analyses the game rather than, and has to be neutral as well, a bit rather than. Uh, yeah. But also yeah. as an Albion fan, as compared to like me, who is just blinded by being an Albion fan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure even though referees have been a lot better from our point of view in recent weeks there was still something to moan about yeah the weekend, well we can we get, get onto
0: to, referee on we'll uh, to that yeah I'm not, I'm not going to be that complimentary given his one decision that comes.
1: yeah um, but yeah thanks again to Nick for joining us on the on that post-match yeah, um, Zoom chat as we called it the Seagulls Tavern is our online pub um, so anybody who, is a, who isn't a member and has connections with London, either living or working, if they do want to join, please um, have a look for details on www.seagullsoverlondon.com, where you can find out information on joining and what the events are. And- and what we're all about, basically, uh, as far as that goes. I say we because Peter and I are both on the committee and longstanding members of it. And um, we've got some other exciting guests coming up as well. But uh, stay tuned for that stuff in due course. Um, that pretty much rounds up the first half, Peter. Unless you had any other bits
0: of general footy no, news or pretty much you, it, doesn't it? Uh,
1: anything to moan about, Leeds? Or are going to you going to keep your powder dry on that until no, next
0: time? Nothing really the last few days. I'll keep my yeah. powder dry to moan about them before our game against them
1: yeah well, that's not long to long to wait, is it anyway? Yeah. so fair play, okay, well without further ado, then we'll break for the half time interval. in part two, we'll be reviewing the match in all its ups and downs, um so that's coming up in just a moment. Okay, so part two where we're going to be reviewing the match in a moment, Peter. Um, before we do, just in following to what we were talking about uh, with listeners, I did have a quick look at um, a um, an email that I, I receive regularly from uh, a company to give information about um, how we're doing and, you know, who, who's listening and that kind of stuff. Um, a couple of the recent episodes, the – what was that? I think? The second part of the Kevin Day episode, a series of happy accidents, we were apparently – um the 64th most listened to soccer podcast as they call it in the philippines that week so that's that's a
0: good bit of information there um no, the first part of the episode they weren't there bothered
1: about <laughs> no they, they, i think it's just um their time the timing of when they send these things um the boxing day special the wet sham preview um apparently we were the 41st most listened to football podcast in japan um and the and the 11th most listened to podcast in the Philippines. They seem to be obsessed with the Philippines for some reason. Um, so there's, there's some positives. Um, I don't know if we've got loads of Albion fans over right, there. As shout out
0: to all our friends in the Philippines, then. <laughs> uh, worldwide superstars.
1: Absolutely bizarre. But anyway, <laughs> if, you, if there is anyone out there from there, please, um, yes, have, have a wave from us, uh, metaphorically speaking. And if you wanted to come on the show, give us a shout. Um, Next but time
0: anyway, she tells me I'm boring her about football. I can tell her that people in the Philippines really want to listen to me. So uh, <laughs> indeed.
1: In indeed. But um okay, well yeah, we're getting to the game then. So um first of all, the lineup we had Sanchez in gold again. We had Webster, Dunk, and Byrne in centre back roles with Veltman and um, March as the wider players. Um we then had White playing in, in defensive mid again. Um, we also had Bissoumer in and Trossard behind the front two, as such, of Morpé and Connolly. Um, we did use all three subs, um, probably more sensibly, I think, this time. Um, one or two of them were, in fact, pretty much enforced in one manner or other. We'll get into the details of that in a moment. Um, overall take on the lineup,
0: though, though, um, first of all, Peter, what did you think? More, more obviously, more logical than, than Arsenal. Um, I was a bit unimpressed that there were five central defenders in the team
1: Hmm. in
0: essence um you know i think Veltman probably yeah i mean there's an argument for why he had all of them in there but i I would have probably gone with a well if proper could have started two games hindsight says a lot as well maybe Hmm. it's alongside basuma or tried something different maybe um but yeah i mean it probably was about right there wasn't you know we don't. I, the problem was with Alzate injured and Proper having not played recently and playing again, starting against Arsenal. Could he have played two games in the space of a few days? I'm still not convinced, and I don't think anyone is about the white midfielder experiment. And I really hope yeah. that the return of Proper and the arrival of Moda will will ensure that he ends up playing a defender rather than midfielder.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into more details on it in a minute, but I, I was pleased that Proper had another run out and had another good game, I thought. In fact, I,
0: I would argue he's potentially man of the match in the game. Um, I thought he had a really big influence on things. Given he didn't play in the second half, that would help his case in the first half. That would help his case and help a lot, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> indeed, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I mean, there's that. One thing before we get into it, Ram, um, we. Obviously, we, we're hoping we've got a, a, a big enough squad to cope with the uh, the schedule, as things are. It'll be interesting to see what we do with the, with the Cup in the next game. Uh, one squad that is a bit thin on the ground is our own. Um, there's only two of us here today. Um, Richard um, sent his apologies for not being able to join, but he did send some observations of his own. So I'll put those in, first of all, before we get into our own opinions in more detail. So Richard said, my view on the game, for what it's worth, started well and deserved the early lead. And good to see Connolly scoring. Then went into a collective funk for the next half hour. All their goals were avoidable, especially the second and third. Felt sorry for Byrne um, by half time and have even seen expressions of sympathy, sympathy sorry, from Wolves fans. But accentuate the positives. Second half performance was much better and more purposeful. Instant penalty changed the game and we were worthy of at least a point and might have won it uh, but for the crossbar and... Brackets, another uh, closed brackets dodgy decision, uh, which we'll also get on to again in a minute. Um, he did say still grateful that they spurned the sitter right at the end, which, of course, is, uh, is something not to be uh, sniffed at, really. That really could have gone so badly wrong. And that really would have changed the whole mood with it coming away from the game. Because ultimately, we, we found ourselves 3-1 down and looking in a bleak position, um, not, notwithstanding a better performance, a better selection. Um, generally a more positive outlook in overall, we were 3-1 down and we were looking second best. The Wolves are looking very, very good, weren't they? So if we had have done all that hard work to get back and lost at the end, that would have been a disaster, wouldn't it? But uh, but we didn't, um, thankfully. Um, I mean, first of all, any observations uh, on Richard's observations from you, Peter, before I get
0: into the details of the game? Um, not particularly. No. I, I mean, I kind of agree. With it. I want to, I want to stress something before I think generally that we need to be positive about this game. And I think generally probably we can be, but it is another game at home against a team who aren't in the top eight or nine or whatever, where we haven't won and where we for once actually attacked quite well, but defended appallingly, Where we had five centre-halves yeah. and yet managed to give away two goals from crosses, so from like after clearing a corner where, you know, we, we then left a guy on marks for the last minute to head over when he should have scored and could easily have scored, you know, and, and, in essence, it was... I, I feel sorry for Byrne as well, actually. I agree with Richard there. Uh, Byrne was left one-on-one against the quickest winger, argument in the league. I mean, I think Lamptey's probably one of very few wingers who were players who were quicker than him in Premier League. And he, to be fair, I mean, yes, he shouldn't have dived in for the third goal um, because Dunk was coming across, but he left him, you know, kind of one-on-one with him. And what do you expect, as he did at Leic- against Leicester as well? There's been a lot of, like, harsh criticism of Byrne, and I think... You know, I think he probably does deserve to be, you know, up. but he's not the terrible, useless, incompetent footballer that a lot of people on a North Stand chat would have you believe, based on a couple of poor performances against players who he shouldn't have been left one on one against. Yeah, I'd go also, along with that. I mean, a lot of blame. if he if he takes the credit partly for the, the second half recovery, he also should take the blame for the fact that Byrne was left completely isolated against one of the quickest players in Premier League, and uh, a Byrne yeah. who six foot seven, centre half, is never going to be able to compete with Traore.
1: I'd largely agree with that. I mean, I do think overall that um, Graham Potter gets, um, gets, I think, more criticism than he probably deserves. There has been misfortune with things. But I do think this big Achilles heel is Dan Byrne. I think he has done well in the past for us. He has done well in certain games. Um, he hasn't in recent times. And I do think he was left exposed by the positional elements involved in that's this game as well as his selection.
0: Day, he didn't do too badly. It was when we moved, we sort of moved over. Yeah, to that's right left tross yeah, think... protecting him and him in a back four at fullback that really kind of left him isolated and i mean traore yeah. hasn't been in great form this year but we all know how deadly he is and he he just had a, a field day didn't he really until even up to the last minute when he he should have had an assist in the last minute so yeah i mean yeah. i would genuinely say that we could have had anyone at right back, at fullback and he'd have struggled against him even lamptey with his pace might have been chugged off the ball by traore he's so big and strong as well but mm. Leaving Dan Byrne against him was not a good idea, as he found last yeah. when he tried to hack him down. I think mean, he got booked at one point. And
1: yeah, that's right. He struggled before, hasn't he? I think last season with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think he's not too bad in a back three. Um, and certainly, it was it was a difference in that, that period when he was he was put further wide. Um, very frustrating. Um, to talk it through chronologically speaking. Very positive at the beginning in terms of the fact that Connolly scored a goal. Um, it was an opportunistic type of goal, I guess you could say. Trossard got um, the first of two assists in the game, didn't he? Um, he was in, in out on the, on the right-hand side, um, had a player defending against him. He slipped over, which I think might have actually somehow benefited because it f- felt like the defender became very unsure of himself. He looked like he felt like he should commit and didn't quite. Allowed the room to still be there for Trossard to cross it in. Which he did with his left foot and it, it's just, um, well, Connolly stole in ahead of the defender and the goalkeeper, uh, just got the, stuck his leg out, got a contact on it. Good solid leg out. Um. Comfortable goal. Um, it's one of those goals that was a good goal from our point of view, a bad goal from their point of view, I think you probably would say. But it was great to see him score. That was in the 13th minute of the game, so it was well, an he early goal.
0: anticipates things. and He does that well. It's when yeah. he has more, like a, a couple of our strikers as well, like Mopey as well, it's when they have time to think that the problem comes and they've got to try and take it on. It's when they've got to just like it's, it's almost kind of like you anticipate something and then get a, get a touch on it or poke you know put it first time. They seem pretty good. Like Mopey's goal against Wolves last year when he kind of basically the ball was nothing was happening really and he just hit it and at home. Yeah, and I, and I, and I as much as I obviously I've been quite critical of Graham Posse recently. It is kind of the story of our season that Connolly gets a goal having not scored since Newcastle and then gets bloody injured at half before yeah you know, just before half time in a nothing incident. You know. Yeah. It's, uh, that kind of sums up the season really doesn't it i mean i'm, I'm not gonna you know very de- uh, potts obviously made quite a few decisions in my view that have been wrong but we have also genuinely at times been unlucky i don't think that mm. necessarily that the game against was that generally barring the, the Connolly incident but and the rep, that one decision which could have been different but other than that we, it wasn't necessarily an unlucky game for us i think draw was about right but we have had games where we've been unlucky for various reasons and we have had players get injured for various reasons and We've been unlucky with Lamptey as well. He missed his game again the last... I think it's four of the last five he's missed now, which is a massive blow for us. We really do miss him. Hmm. And,
1: yeah, I mean, three points on there. I mean, first of all, yeah, I do think it was a, it was a classic center forward's goal, that one they, that he scored. Um, somebody mentioned on the Zoom chat we were on at the time that it was kind of almost the sort of goal, pretty much, that Glenn Murray would score as well. It was the typical just a centre-forward in the right position. He probably
0: have hit Glenn Murray's just... last, though, or his... Or his <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but it would have still gone in nonetheless but yeah no it's a typical center forward position he he sensed where the ball was going to go to he was in the right position stuck his leg out got a good contact on it. it it's one of those poacher's kind of goal and that's as you said without time to think about it it's there's no complication and he's he's good with those and i think um it, it was good as such the second point i was going to make is it's such a shame the injury i agree with you on the on the point that um he had a really good effort um I think it was still one nil at the time, wasn't it? I'm trying might to remember. Might have been one all at that point. But might it certainly have
0: been we, certainly, we certainly weren't losing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It might have been one one all at the time, but he had he had an overhead kick which was going to be spectacular if it had gone in. They made a good contact on the ball. It was on
0: target, wasn't it? But it was saved. Um, I did wonder watching a replay whether VAR might have had a, a look at it because whether his like arm was offside in a in a Patrick Bamford sort of way or something. I don't know. It. it oh, was, right. They didn't look at it in detail because obviously it didn't need to, but. It would have been a pretty, pretty harsh to, to uh, you know, call, to have it out if it for that. But I did wonder at the time if, if it had gone in, whether they might have looked at it. It Might have been one of those yeah. where they did inch by inch and kind of like.
1: Yeah, given our season, that's exactly what would have happened, isn't it? You know, a spectacular goal to go ahead against Wolves with what we at the time might then think is going to be a winner, and it gets chalked off. So not only does do we get that, but Connolly misses out on goal of the season.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think they should still yeah, allow them.
0: Again, yeah, completely instinctive, completely kind of like, yeah. you know, no pressure there. There's no decision. You know, it's not like a one-on-one like at Liverpool or whatever. You know, it's, it's completely no pressure. There's no expectation that you're going to do anything. You know, you get yeah. it in, you're a genius. If you don't get it anywhere, you're just like, you're just a normal footballer. Yeah. So
1: my, my second point was about, yes, I agree. It's such a shame about the injury. And the third point was really just to emphasise the fact that, it's such a shame because he was playing with with confidence. He looked so much more confident in that game, didn't he? Which uh, which made it all the more galling that he came off with what looks like a hammy. I didn't check the news on that actually, yeah,
0: but Graham Hoss has confirmed it's at least two weeks out. I think from
1: the it. Sound a bit yeah, more yeah, more. yeah. Such a shame. Well, do you think there should be a campaign to to allow spectacularly scored disallowed goals to be included in goal of the season? Because the technique is none the is no less good, is it, for it being chalked off? <laughs> Also, there's
0: more things to campaign on at the moment. I mean, the starters would be a one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of offsides, marginal offsides, I noticed that somebody's mentioning um, Aston Villa have got extensions to their sleeves to try and get round the um, the offside rule on the. Uh, just, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's a stupid rule, anyway. But um, I don't know if there's any truth in that. I haven't looked, but. Uh, <laughs> crazy stuff isn 't it anyway we yeah Connolly scored on thirteen minutes with that first goal then um Sais got the equalizer on nineteen, which was disappointing um because we for once we 'd started well and scored early to so then get hit back fairly soon after with with an equalizer. Is disappointing in its own right, and, and from a defensive point of view, you've
0: already alluded to it. But a disappointing goal to concede from our side. I have to turn, also say a little bit. We were we were a bit unlucky with that goal. Samida was pretty lucky to get he Basically, hit him and it bounced perfectly for him. And mm. then also, Saez was a brilliant header. I mean, that, that was a he was going backwards to get to head the ball, and he headed it perfectly positioned. I mean, yes, White should have followed him. Yes, I think there is there are kind of stipulating circumstances with that one. I mean. I do feel, yes, it's frustrating having with all those head-to-heart in there. But Saeed was a, it was a, you've got to give credit sometimes. That was a fantastic header to it go was, backwards yeah. as he did from almost on the goal line, not far off the goal line, to head it back across the way that you know, kind of the across Sanchez to leave him run footed and put it right in the corner on the other side was a brilliant header.
1: And what's his face, Westergaard, the guy at Saints uh, scored a good yeah. header as well. Maybe maybe we'll have a top ten goals scored against us with heads by opposition. Competition at the end of the season. You well. your
0: competition for it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was a good goal again from a, from a striking point of view. They,
0: they were slightly fortunate with the way it bounced the tomato. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing as well. Yeah. he and they were Burney certainly... and he he the ball kind of like back. He kind of hit him and bounced off him and went forward and completely rung for the burn, and it yeah. was uh, slightly
1: yeah. Well, well, you mentioned Burn and you mentioned misfortune. I think we can safely say there was a lot more at play in the second goal, which put Wolves in front. Thirty-four minutes. I mean, I thought he was looking unsure of himself. He was having a couple of poor defensive defensive headers that just went to nowhere when they could have been guided more carefully. Or yeah, so the corner,
0: obviously, for the second goal was
1: was a, was another one yeah. of those. Yeah, and he, I I'm not quite sure what he was doing, and I don't think he did was the problem. Um, anyway, he conceded a corner pretty sloppily where he may not, should not have done really. Um, the quarter came in, and if you look at what happens, the shots um, that transpired took a slight deflection. Um, Robert Sanchez then makes what I think was still a pretty good save because of that deflection.
0: Interesting, and he, I think he should have done better with it. Well,
1: oh. I mean, the thing is, he didn't have time to do much with it. And what, it, what he did do, is, as all goalkeepers are told, is to pad it out with some tra- trajectory to try and get it away. I think the problem he had... And this is probably where our disagreement's gonna come in, is is about the angle with what he did with it. I mean yeah,
0: you, you... I'm not totally convinced the deflection made a huge difference. It wasn't like it completely changed the direction. Mm. It, went a, it went a little bit away. To me, he should have been able to hit that behind rather than to burn, personally. Yeah, I mean I think there'll be a lot there would have been a lot of comment on Ryan if he'd done that. Whereas again, yeah. was, as I've said before on Sanchez against West Ham, there wasn't that much comment about him on that game. And also there wasn't for that. Mm. Whereas I think on like the nights of North Stand chat and Twitter, there would have been an awful lot of comment on Ryan if he'd done the same. And I think you should be, ju- I know Sanchez coming to his career in the same, but ostensibly we're playing in a Premier League at the moment. It doesn't matter whether you've played two games or 52 games or 102 games. We should be deciding our keeper based on equal measures. And to me, the the, defense, the mistakes he's made against West Ham and, and against, and I think against um, Wolves, are probably worse than anything that Ryan's really mistakes wise made all season.
1: Yeah, it was good to not get a disagreement. In.
0: Well, have also <laughs> made the mistakes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you about the West Ham game. I do think that's harsh on on the for the Wolves game. To be honest, I I, I think it's just it's, it's very unfortunate because of where it where it was, how he had to deal with it. Um, yeah, we we we'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on this yeah. one. Cause I,
0: I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he's it was a horrendous mistake. I just think no, he's no.
1: Better with it. He could argue we've got more angle on it. Um, it was in the heat of the moment. It's very difficult to to do that. I think what he did do, he did try and get some trajectory onto yeah, it yeah. to bear to it away. And unfortunately, burn not least of the fact of the size of the guy, um, couldn't help being in the way. And I mean, there's nothing Burn could do about it. That's for sure.
0: No. Um, he's completely flawless in that one, well, really. People, I don't people think... Burn generally for that, for the fact he gave the corner away in the first place. Yeah, it but just...
1: Yeah, that, that's it, true. Um,
0: of, I do think maybe a... A better keeper. And I, and I do think looking at that in a West Ham game, I wonder if we do need a keeper in January rather than sticking with Sanchez and give Sanchez a kind of cup games and kind of keep him as, as backup if Ryan goes. But he, we need someone like, I mean, I said in the last episode, Romero, I'd, I mean, he'd be a fantastic signing. But whether he'd be come to us, I don't know. But
1: Yeah, yeah, he's mentioned before. And I, I, I do think there's certainly an argument if Ryan's going. Uh, to get someone else in. Because if you did just stick with Sanchez, who is ultimately a rookie
0: still at the moment... Yeah. Up, it's speaking. a lot of pressure, genuinely, mm. for Sanchez. So it's like, you yeah. know, it's genuine pressure for him. I yeah, mean, given the position, I mean... He's not played above Rochdale before that, so...
1: Yeah, for example, if he's playing for our opponents, it's an easier situation because they're in mid-table... There's less to lose. I know they'll be pushing for Europe and whatever else, but the fact of the matter is they probably know they're going to be ending up somewhere in mid-table this season. And I don't think it will make a huge difference to a confident team in a comfortable position
0: to have someone bedded in more regularly like that. So there is more pressure in scenario. Mean, if, you know? yeah. if, if, if we go to the end of January and we don't get another keeper in and we do let Ryan go, if if Sanchez is a bad run, we only have, Luke, we only have Steele, who... Yeah, hasn't played a Premier League game for us, mm. I don't think. And I don't think so. No. He's not got a great record generally, viewed as you know, kind of or yeah. um or Walton. Who's never played at yeah. this level either. Yeah. So,
1: and I'm not completely convinced of Walton. I think he could no, be I, a I'm good not goalie, heard he but
0: I'm Blackburn fans last season. I'm not.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to make it in the Prem. Whether he stays with us and makes it in the Championship is another matter. If we went down, but in terms of the Premier League, I can't see it. Steele is. A backup guy and I think what Potter's apparently said he likes about him is that he is good in that role it sounds like a backhanded compliment but I think yeah, it, I find that I think really
0: it... weird that whole he's good on a good match day it's kind of like I, I find that whole thing really mm. odd surely you have your backup keeper on the bench in terms of quality in case you get an injury on the day
1: yeah I mean to digress on this point for a moment actually yeah I mean it's an interesting one I mean I, I can only imagine what he's talking about is he's he's relatively satisfied with being the backup uh, he's not kicking off about anything he's presumably good in the warm-up stuff and the dynamics the match day dynamics um the psychological the kind of the, the, the general camaraderie elements behind the scenes and whether there's any other input he has behind
0: the scenes as well but beyond you that I don't know. Third keeper and do that anyway I, I find the whole thing really odd yeah if if Sanchez got sent off after two minutes. Surely you want your second best keeper to be in, the, in the, after that.
1: Yeah, you want someone hungry, itching for the chance to come in. And that's yeah, where you would probably argue Sanchez should be.
0: Wise, I'd say, I mean, it will be interesting to see who he plays on Sunday in the, in the in the cup. If Ryan doesn't play Sunday, I think he's probably off. That's yeah, not...
1: agreed. I think he'll probably play Steele um, if that's the case. Um, I don't know though. Do you, yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe you you try and... Like you want to keep Steele relatively happy, don't you? more games. Yeah, um, but does Sanchez like just need to get like as much...
0: Fatigue, is it? You know, it's it's not going to be... Yeah,
1: exactly. And maybe he needs to get as much as he can if he is going to be persistent yeah. with...
0: it's it's a but... weird one, though, because I find it really odd that you wouldn't put your second-best keeper on the bench rather than mm. keep Brian and Sanchez in and out of the squad and Steel always number you know, always on the bench. Surely, yeah, to me, if you you have a backup keeper because your keeper might get sent off after two minutes or injured after two minutes... And so you want your second best keeper on the bench? Yeah, that's just yeah. no
1: sense, you know. Is... Yeah, well, we, we'll look on with interest to see what happens at the weekend with regard not, to that. But I
0: don't quite get with
1: with. Positive. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do agree. with you, I think Ryan's probably off. It sounds
0: like it, doesn't it? It doesn't doesn't seem right. James, I really, I love Matty Ryan. He's been such a mm. brilliant player for us, and I genuinely think he's been really, really badly treated by some fans this year. There's yeah. some fans who are, I genuinely, I think that some fans didn't didn't ever forgive him for proving them wrong when he first joined and they thought he was terrible. Yeah. And, I think
1: you've been reading more social media than me because I, I probably would be
0: more annoyed about this if I'd read more. Um, oh yeah, I just, he, he it's been yeah. a kind of genuine attempt to try every single goal we could see. is like, oh, Ryan should have, there was even an attempt to try and say he should have done more with guards header and a bigger keeper would have got there and it's like, that, that proves how ridiculous some people yeah. are.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that is ridiculous. It's a real shame. Yeah.
0: It makes me really sad that like the last game I saw of Matty Ryan was like wolves away and I had no idea that I was never potentially never going to see him in an Albion shirt live again before mm. lockdown you know it's kind of it, he's, he's been such a great keeper for us and such a big part of the team spirit as well I think that's got us yeah kept us up there and yeah mm. and he's essentially he's now going to go without any fa- you know any fanfare but, yeah to me he's been pretty 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 badly to be honest so
1: yeah well getting back to the match. Um, and getting back to Dan Byrne's nightmare, unfortunately, I mean, a lot of it wasn't his fault. A lot of it could have, he could have done better. I do think where he did struggle in this game was um, with um, obviously the mistakes he made, but also the sort of defensive headers. I really was getting quite frustrated with the lack of length or direction that he was getting on them. He, he kept putting us back under pressure by that. and um, He had free headers and didn't do much with them. His confidence was obviously dropping because of the uh, the, the unlucky scenario with the own goal. From the concession of his own corner. Um, but of course, the whole thing, just when you think he wants to get in at half time and try and
0: Neves regroup. Neves did the headers, actually. I think the, the first goal, he had a pretty poor header clear, didn't he? And straight to their player and into the area. Yeah. Then let him yeah. cycle it back into the area as well.
1: Yeah, so even there, he was at uh, fault partly. Um, but to compound his misery, 44 minutes into the game, Neves gets, um, well, he scores from the spot after the the situation we were talking about earlier, Triori beating his man. Yeah, I, I I do have a criticism with Byrne for this. I do agree about him being left kind of, you know, with a thankless task there. But I think he 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 tracked the run of Triori too tightly. He, I think he went with him too much. And if he'd have if he'd have diagonalized a bit more and just gone directly to the point which Triori was obviously aiming to get to, what he would have done, of course, is forced him inside. And we know Triori is capable of Unusually good changes of direction for a guy of that size going at that speed, but he would have been capable of cutting in. But that's where Dunk could have covered. Now I know he might still have won a penalty yeah, or got yeah, some joy, but
0: if Dunk was covering as well, he would keep. Yeah. and
1: so I mean... for me, I think there was naivety there from from there is, Dan in... a
0: little bit. Surely, surely by now, Possum knows his limitations, and it's yeah. yeah, he should have. I mean, the only question I have over the penalty, and I think it's the most blatant penalty I think I've ever seen almost. I mean, it was such a... Yeah, penalty. yeah there's no debates on this one. Incident, yeah. but in the halfway line, where it almost went out of play beforehand. And I'd been interested right. at least to see that again, whether it almost went out of play. But yeah, I mean, it was like one of the most blatant penalties I've ever seen generally. I mean, it was just like, he just did him for pace, didn't he? And he should have let him go with, um, got Dunk kind of come across instead. But he panicked, as as he probably would do in that situation. Yeah. And, Treore is, although yeah. he's not had a great season on his day, one of the best players in Premier League. I think he's just ridiculously strong, as well as being you know, powerful, tall, you know, kind of like quick. He has everything basically, mm-hmm. and he's not had quite the season he had last year. And he's missed Jimenez, I think, probably in the middle, who obviously Wolves have missed generally as well recently. They've not really been scoring many goals until until we played them. But um, yeah, I, I genuinely, I, I, do, I do think that Burn was. Wrong this, I stated, but yeah, Traore Obviously, his eyes pretty lit up when he saw like March River Cross and not back up, Traore but not back up Burn. And he took full advantage of it and fair play to him. He's a, he's a fantastic player. I'd love to see someone like that at the Albion. Hmm. Yeah, great player. The, the and we've got is it's not like it's obviously quite small in terms of with, with the pace, but having someone of that size as well as that quick that speed it's yeah, it's so destructive when it works.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so that was half-time. Um, it was a very, very short turnaround before we saw another goal from the penalty spot. But just just to quickly go, go on to the, um, the conversion of the penalty, Neves, he buried it. Pretty convincing. Sanchez went the wrong way, which is, a well, no, no improvement on Ryan's recent record for penalties there. Um, it's difficult. He did sell him pretty well there. It was... Um, I think it's just a very good penalty. We were very unlikely to save that, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Uh, no
0: we're, we're near it, going the right way, to be honest. I mean, it was a pretty good. No, It wasn't like it was like just only just on one side. It was right in the corner.
1: Yeah, they're a very good team, and you know, put them in that position, they're likely to to bury it. And that was three one at half time. Um, we uh, we obviously we were in a precarious position. We were a couple of goals down. Basuma um had got booked, hadn't he? I can't remember if that was in the first half or not. I think it must it, have
0: been. It was. Yeah, he went off at half time. Yeah. Um, yeah oh yeah of course yeah he went off half-time and he then committed yeah. two fouls afterwards so I would completely back Potter's decision to take him off I mean he...
1: 100% yeah no issue with that at all Um yeah, completely agree with you as well
0: anyway.
1: yeah I mean he, he, he had to go at half-time for that reason and um, Dan had also picked up a yellow he got he, he went I think I may have been second half but that was he, late, he went off yeah, that was quite later though. on He went off again so a sensible move yeah yeah. But the halftime subs were Basuma was taken off for tactical reasons. Well, related to that card and Davey Proper came on and the other halftime sub, of course, was Connolly got the injury just before literally, uh, I think half a minute before the halftime whistle. So he went off just before the rest of the team did and didn't reemerge as we expected. And it was slightly unexpected, but I was quite pleased to see actually and um, that they decided to bring on Zakiri and give him a whole half. And, um, We'll talk it about some of the... Like we had
0: nothing to lose then in that case, frankly. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. 3-1, it felt like, you know, well, if we lose 5-1, we lose 5-1, but give it a go and have a go at it, you know, and have a... Give Zakiri a go. Give him a chance. Yeah. You signed yeah. him. You think he's any good.
1: Mm, that's right. I mean, the other subs, because, yeah. I mean, apart from Steel, the other subs were McAllister, Gross, Lalana, who did come on later, Jahan Bach, Propo, who came on, zakiri came on, Bernardo and Malumbi. So... You know, it, from that, it's uh, Welbeck wasn't in the squad, Um and Jahanbakhsh really came, came on. Yeah, exactly. Batch is the next uh, nearest equivalent, so it made sense. Sort it, it was a yeah, it was a take it or leave it. Let's go for it situation. We did go for it, and I thought, um I thought he had a, a decent enough game for a guy who's still getting used to the division, the country. Yeah.
0: He missed um, a good the chance, but then yeah, it was, it was a difficult one. It came to him quite quickly, but generally, put himself about. He looked. He looked far better up front, obviously surprisingly, than he did against Jeff on the left wing where he didn't do anything unsurprisingly because he was like we were playing yeah. terribly and he was playing out of position. So yeah. Yeah. I, I actually thought he was yeah, he looked quite decent. I mean he's just Yeah. Sort
1: of, he looks I think he's just um he's roughly he's, six he's foot really one.
0: Target target man, which is what something we're crying out for, really.
1: Yeah. And in, in some scenarios.
0: A, a brilliant target man but can't run for for anything yeah Yeah, he looked like somebody yeah he he wasn't very quick but he was quick enough and he could win the ball in the air and he could challenge people and he he looked like he gave a shit as well which is actually in the first half a little bit like they they almost gave up at the end you know towards the end of the first half and he 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 put himself about and he and the other thing of the second half I thought was really good but I thought proper was superb when you were saying earlier you thought he was like your man the match and I thought he was brilliant um and to me, the next rest of the season, if they're fit, proper and basuma should be menfield. El Zarte hey, can drop off a bit, maybe if he's not you know, been quite fit, he's not been he's been ill a bit, maybe give him the chance off, off the bench or whatever. But proper and Basuma should be our midfield too.
1: Yeah, I agree so, with that. T- no Lalana.
0: So. Lalana's wasted in there. He should be further forward. No Grosh yeah. in there, he's wasted there as well if he's he should be further forward. You need, yes,
1: yeah, so you, can, you can have, have Lolana or Grosh as the as the options to number 10. McAllister as well, if you want. Um, Jahanbach, if you want, but you've got options there, so you don't need to have proper and Basuma in those, uh, you
0: know, one I or other out of the team. I'll go to midfield pair for the rest of the yeah. season. Yeah. I know a lot of people have written proper off, and I, I was beginning to wonder because he hasn't appeared all season really mm. whether the club has let him go, but he's been superb. He did okay against Arsenal, I thought, as well, he did brilliantly on the the second half against Wolves, and he was one of the key factors behind our comeback, I thought.
1: Yeah, I'm impressed with how quickly he's come back into what looks like match sharpness as well, because it's not it, easy. It's
0: 18 for like, or 20 it is now for... About two months, had he barely featured at all, in the, even evening. yeah. The, what, let alone, and we thought
1: actually, you said about his time coming up. We, we did speculate, didn't we? Asked whether he was being left out because he was being, yeah. prevented from getting injured in case uh, of being sold in the in the window, which well, obviously could still happen. But I, it, it seems less really likely now. Been,
0: yeah, yeah, I he hope looked, he stays. He looked as good as he's looked for ages. I think probably, if anything, since yeah. his season almost, yeah. he was he was superb, and he he really, yeah, he actually made up for the fact that Bissoudma, who obviously been one of our best players, was off the pinch, actually, in the end. Yeah.
1: Um, well, the the second half itself, apart from those two substitutions, um, there was one other change very quickly into the half, which was the scoreline, because Morte, pretty much from the off, went straight at um, their attack. He um, he he was got past one player, weaving in between two others. Somebody clipped his foot. Wasn't too much in it, but there was definitely a clip, um, genuine decision. Um Gallagher, by the way, on the uh, Ref Watch for Sky Sports News has uh, has verified that he thought both penalties in the game were correct decisions, so he, he agrees. With, with,
0: with the Wolves penalty, I can't quite believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's absolutely clear. I mean, it was a blatant yeah, yeah, penalty. Yeah. The, the Mope. Yeah. it was a stupid tackle from someone so experienced as Matinho because he, yeah. he he's been around. He shouldn't. There are two Wolves players coming out to tackle Mope. Mope must have been delighted when he got clipped. I mean, he must have been like, you know, kind of yeah. couldn't believe his luck. But yeah, it was it was and it it was such a simple it was twelve seconds into the half. So long ball up Zakiri won it Zikiri won it quite comfortably. Wolves' Wolf's, Wolf's defence yeah. went to sleep, they were bypassed two of them and went to Zakiri, who flipped it on, and Mope just walked into the area and he just clipped him. I mean it was so simplistic and so easy. Hmm. As but, you could
1: tell from the reaction, as you as you often can with these things, and Gallagher pointed that out as well, that there was no real complaints from anybody. That tells you all you need to and know. VAR didn't take three
0: hours to take three to work out yeah. so obviously decision today.
1: Obviously, interestingly, they, they they were asked, and um, Gallagher was asked, "Do you look for clues like that?" And he said, "We look for all clues. Any any clues are good clues. So you know they do look at that sort of stuff." And they're anyway, they're-
0: now with VAR, because you get to see mm. a replay and that sort true, of thing.
1: True, true. Yeah. But yes, it's a very uh, so Barry, I don't know why I said Barry, Morpe um, had the, uh, we haven't got anyone called Barry and Morpe had uh, had Morpé the penalty himself the penalty. of course, he buried that's what I was going to say, that's why, yeah Morpay had the penalty one, and he buried it um,
0: well, with a fond. considering he missed his last one I was yeah, well, I thought. Yeah, I'm
1: pleased for him in both that regard and the fact that he's now up onto crept up onto six goals. So he's still ahead of schedule from last year's
0: comparison. Yeah, all he's things six, considered. Yeah, six before the halfway mark. Although three penalties, but I think he only had like one or two in his ten last year. Everton, yeah, has one. maybe he had one other as well, but not many.
1: Yeah, that's right, and. Um, I was I was really pleased, well, for both the scorers, with how Connolly and Morpay, you want your striker scoring goals. It can't do any harm at all with the confidence, can it? And I know, okay, Connolly's now gonna be out for a couple of weeks or so, but uh, for Morpe that's really important for him to get out. If he missed another penalty at this point, that actually quite a big moment, I well, it's think. A
0: huge, yeah, huge moment, yeah. It's, it's like either hmm. we get we have a chance to get back into it and miss it and and suddenly it's like and it's still three one and that's kind of like any sort of like kind of post half time boost we get goes yeah. or it's you know it's a real kind of
1: like yeah we're back in the game we're right in this yeah yeah um indeed and we'll get to the other scorer as well um getting another goal which is which was also good to see we'll come to that in a minute but I think it was before that if I remember rightly that uh Trossard's situation came up no
0: no um, well, no the Webster one was before that they hit the
1: bar oh the Webster one yeah that. yeah so Webster yeah Webster managed to hit the bar with a header again I uh he did it as
0: well I thought it was like,
1: it was really unlucky. It was so close.
0: From set pieces, which is weird. Mm. We still can't yeah, him, but we are starting to look quite decent at other end. Yeah, I mean, that is very encouraging, isn't it? That's and at Zuckiri least one Zuckiri thing in, in the right Zuckiri direction. Bound, it bounced back quite quickly, and you know yeah. you could argue he should have done better, but you could argue that, you know, probably Aguero would have scored that, but he's not Aguero, <laughs> so...
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few positives we'll get on to. I mean, Zakiri looking bright and sparky, Conley looking... Like, he's got more confidence or a little bit of an injury now. More pay, getting another goal quickly after the other one. All of those things are positives. And the fight back, of course, itself was, was really good. But, the um, yeah, the Webster header was desperately unlucky. Yeah, off the back of what's happened before with his previous chance, um, the Fulham game, wasn't it, I think, where he yeah. came back off the bar. And um, that itself was unlucky as well. So, really felt for him. And, obviously... Chasing the game, looking for that equalizer, suddenly out of the blue, it looked like we had something to hope for when i, I was thinking the best we could hope for here is a draw, um, but I was thinking of that as an outsider chance, and here we were, looking genuinely in the game, looking a much better side against what had been a pretty impressive wolf side. it
0: just didn't really turn up second half. I thought they kind of like, i don't know what happened at half time, whether they thought they could sit back on their lead or whether they yeah. were just taken aback by the how quick we got back in, you know, back into the game or but they just didn't yeah, really maybe. turn up like, They didn't really look. I mean, they had the occasional threat from Treore running, basically, because, but that was the only threat they really had all half from his running. Basically, he was just so, I mean, you could never fall asleep, at, you know, kind of a, you know, be be sure defensive against him. But other than that, they didn't really offer anything. Nesso, um, Podence, nothing. None of them really offered anything second half.
1: Yeah, well, then then we did have um, Trossard who um, ended up with two assists in the game. One had happened by that point, the other one came later. But in the meantime, in between which. He could have gotten the score sheet, um, couldn't he? I think it was the other way around, I'm being told. Yeah, the other way around. Oh, was it? And the goal
0: you're came right.
1: next, and then... Yeah, the goal came next. You're right. Yeah, sorry, Peter. I'm, 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 I'm getting tangled up. Yeah, sorry, he did get his second assist. and uh, was the next significant action of the game. Um, setting up Dunk for a goal. It came from a set piece. <laughs> Surely not. Uh, we had a, um, a corner... Um, Swung in. It, uh, what, what did you what what, what what did you make
0: of the goal, Peter? Dunk, I mean, they, they they suffer from the same marking we do, basically the yeah, same zonal so. marking system. And yeah, the, mm. they left Dunk pretty much to run in, and yeah, had a, had the run on save size or whatever. And yeah, it was a, it was a decent header, but I'm, I'm not convinced whether it was. I'm not sure whether it was going in or if people have saved it until mm. like obviously it hit size and went in a completely different direction. Really, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I don't so, re- it still seems to be given to him, so they must think it was going to go in the other corner, really. But he didn't head it where it ended up, basically.
1: Yeah. So, same as Morpé. Dunks on two goals in three games, um, scored in the same matches. Um, great for him. Um, yeah, possibly slight deflection, but... Yeah, really it's good to, nice. to
0: start being a danger from set pieces at one end. And it's good to get, yeah, start getting a few more people on the score sheet. And
1: Yeah, and it's come off the back of him looking a threat in the last two to three games before that. So, it seems to be a consistency of threats now for us yeah. from set pieces given Webster as hard. you mentioned
0: before this before Dunk did at West
1: Ham yeah thing. and talking we we're talking about Burn earlier and I think the reason he probably drops to the bottom of the squad options for me but is should be kept in there but only as a squad option is because he doesn't offer that threat yeah. which in addition to being probably better defenders that Webster and Dunk do offer and that's, um, well,
0: that's I, don't, I agree with that. I think he is the bottom of the, hmm. the options where I disagree with people is where people have absolutely slammed him and said mm. he should be got rid of and that sort of thing. It's like, no, no, he has his, he has his place. He's a decent squad player, but he, yeah, he's yeah. also yes, well below, below yeah. White Webster Dunk and Beltman, who I, 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 think they should find a way of getting the team every week. To be honest, I still think he's yeah, one of our mm. best players when he's played this season. Every time yeah. he looks as good signing, I don't get, and I, 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 yeah, and it's one of the reasons I actually wouldn't mind selling White in January if it came to it. And hmm. take using the money to spend elsewhere because we'd have Beltman, Duncan, Webster, which I think would be, if not equally, maybe better partnership in a way.
1: Especially when you've got the extra backup in midfield of Proper coming back into the equation yeah. now as well. So it's not as if he's needed or anyone else is
0: needed there as much. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it, and that obviously
0: the money being spent. I, you probably could get a centre half in on loan, maybe or something like that. But the money being spent elsewhere to strengthen up front and yeah.
1: Yeah, well, so, so back five play. back complete, Um, three-one back to 3 all. It was a good open game. It was a good game for the neutrals. We were enjoying the second half, obviously, because we Especially were after getting back into it. Especially
0: after a low-scoring game. In the, on the <laughs>
1: yeah, the exactly. I did say it would be a, a draw, though. I, I didn't get the score, obviously, but um, I think I went for one-all, didn't I? But, yeah, we do tend to get draws against them, although, you
0: know, they're a bo- we're, we're a bogey a team for them. 1-0 win when they first came up.
1: Yeah, we we just we're, they're a bogey team. Well, we're a bogey team for them, but it's it's more in the in the fact that they've been higher in the table is what that means because we've not been winning all of the games as you said. It's been draws, but we were delighted to be back on terms in this match, and it was quite open. it, it really could have gone either way as emphasised by the two chances, one of which I've been itching to talk about so much that I've completely forgotten when it was in the game. I can finally now talk about that's it. It was... The
0: final whistle. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. it was a Man United scenario. They called it back in. Doros, have a go, girl. Yeah, I, it's strange how I've lost track of when that was in the match, actually. It's interesting. I think I thought... It
0: happened at 3-2 and then we'd equalised. I think it probably would have been less mentioned. Yeah. Um, but yeah. because it was so uh, 3 all I mean, to me, it was... To go on to your favourite point of the game, it was a dreadful <laughs> referee. Whether or not you agree with him, that it was a foul, and I don't. I think it was never a foul. Um, to you, leave it to VAR. That's the whole point of having VAR. You don't blow mm. up your whistle. You don't kind of, You let Trossard go through, have the shot, and then you can go back and look at it on the screen if you want to, or whatever. You see what happens. It, it's a it's a no brainer to me. I mean, it's such that could have been such a big goal for us. And then, hmm. yes, all right, then they, they might have scored in the last minute, or you know, they might have won five four at that point if we'd scored. But yeah. it could have been such a big goal for Brighton in that, in that, in the context of things. And yet, you blow your whistle when you've got the, you've got the ability, and then to clearly show a two-handed push on screen that you thought it was that, when I mean, it clearly wasn't. I mean, even idiot kind of looking at closely can't can see it wasn't a two-handed push. It, there might have been a slight nudge, but if there was a slight nudge, it was only after the ball had gone. The defender messed it up in his own. It, it yeah. was, yeah, it was and crying this out, from, um... you know, to look at it. And, yeah, the referee stopped that happening. And it was as bad a decision as the one that Burnley got at Leeds, which was, I'll never go at Leeds now, <laughs> which was a dreadful decision as well, when they 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 gave a ridiculous foul on the keeper and then Barnes almost would have scored if, it, if they hadn't given it. Yeah, I was going mean, to mention that. Yeah. It, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was a terrible decision from Andy Madley. Where it was, and yeah, I don't know why he thought that he had the view to see that. Because frankly, his, he was in a really bad position for it, and it, yeah, the yeah, no one else, yeah. It, it, I can, I can see why he gave it initially, but surely you then, don't, yeah, you don't blow. And the whole point of VAR is you let things run. When you consider that the, the players are five yards offside, they don't flag for quite often, until yeah. the, the, the player's broken down. It's ridiculous that they flag. He basically blew stuff for that.
1: It came from a through ball, didn't it? Um, I'm trying to think who played Sanchez. it in actually. It was
0: a kick straight from Sanchez. He claimed from a corner and then kicked it oh that's
1: right yeah yeah and just to explain if anyone had, hasn't seen it yet yeah i mean trossard was burying it on goal there was this issue with whether he p- pushed somebody or not got into it, just inside the box i think it was wasn't it and then buried it with a plum into the corner so the finish was there again we scored three goals we nearly scored another one with webster and we did technically score another um so it's good to see the eyes in there let's hope he can do that again when it is a valid goal but uh Maybe it should have been. And I don't know, maybe relax more knowing it wasn't. It would have been an
0: interesting... Th- yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe probably would have missed it if he hadn't blown Whistle. But it would mm. have been an interesting one with VAR. I, my view is probably VAR would have gone with the referee, whatever he said in the mm. end.
1: Yeah. So he could, yeah.
0: Have, he could have let it play and said Whistle, then gone, you know, signal on the ground is foul. And they probably wouldn't have disagreed with that or non, or not disagree with that. There probably wasn't enough to say it wasn't a foul on the screen if he'd said it afterwards he should have left it and I think the AI should have let him see the screen as well and he could have decided what he thought
1: yeah to absolutely. me it
0: was there was nothing in it but you see fouls given in that sort of situation all the time but to, to let it to pull it black but put it pull it back in that situation was just yeah really really yeah. bad decision
1: yeah and of course, there there was also a golden chance at the other end for Wolves in the dying moments, just when we think we've we've got our point. And I must admit, I'm guilty of relaxing cause after we had a a chance right near the end. Yeah, because
0: we had a couple of corners, didn't we, near the end? Yeah, though?
1: which yeah. we honestly felt quite threatening. I did, I did feel like, ooh, which I haven't done hardly at all this season. I did feel like ooh, we might actually get a winner here. We got um, one
0: goal for the game, though, you
1: know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, back back to square one. But no, I mean, there was a counter attack. Um, Involving Triari down the right hand side, got the cross in, and his man in the middle there. It was a really good chance, wasn't it? He he just got under it.
0: You could tell how he what he thought by the fact he sat in the goal for about two minutes with his head in his hand, <laughs> and then, like couldn't believe he'd missed. And I, I think a lot of their bench were quite young players, so it probably would have been. He probably wouldn't have played very much for the for the first team so far. So he probably saw like the glory in his eyes, of like the chance to score a last minute winner for them, and then it kind of all went yeah. I mean, yeah, completely mistimed his jump, didn't he? Kind of, rather than getting over it, he got kind of under it and just headed it well over the bar. It wasn't even close. Yeah,
1: and it's uh, Owen Otasoi, I think it's pronounced. The guy isn't it? in question. He's a substitute, um, highly rated, apparently. I think somebody on Football Focus, I guess, um, might have been Dion Dublin, was saying that he really rated him, one to look out for. It Might have been Stephen Warnock, maybe somebody. Anyway, they were rating about, uh, raving about hey, him, Dion saying not
0: Really, rate Stephen Warnock as one to look out for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 not that, not that. <laughs> but, you, <you're>... yeah. <laughs> oh, don't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it, it was a bit disappointing not to get the win. I mean, when you look at it in the cold line today, it's another draw at home, as you said, to a team that's not one of the big boys, albeit they are a very good team. Um, I think it's an improvement on a, on a game against Leicester, for example, where I felt they're a team of, broadly speaking, similar quality. Um, I think maybe not quite as good as Leicester, but they're they're not far off that level. And we have came up with a much better result.
0: Yeah, in, and it, it's the balance, isn't it? Because I mean, my first thought when we went three all was, "Don't give this away now, guys! Don't give this away now, guys!" And it's like we had we had one or two chances, but he also could have lost it. And the the, the benefit of winning would have been so big, but also the the, the loss of losing, even though it's only one point, would have been so big as well, having got back in the game. Yeah.
1: That's right.
0: So in a way, um, I, I think I'd have probably taken 3-0 when he went to 3 all because yeah. just because the the downside of going to 4-3, having got a head level was uh, so yeah. big and...
1: Exactly. And Graham Potter, I mean, he, his, his post-match interview, he said it was tough for us at half-time, of course, because of the scoreline and how the half went. You're looking for a response. You're looking for character. And I thought we got it. The players were amazing, great spirit, great personality and quality. We hit the bar and pushed and pushed. So, I mean, I I would agree with that I think character was was the word there um I haven't seen the highlights back actually I saw the game live but I haven't seen the highlights so I don't know what match of the day have said but I would imagine if they didn't they should have said something about that in terms of the will Brighton survive debate you look at things like that don't you
0: on kind of they focus bits on the um on the defending generally on Dan Byrne generally that sort of thing I think and and then went yeah. on to the they also said the Trossard one should have been let go and see why it went Basically, yeah, uh, yeah. Was
1: it was certainly wasn't improved performance one thing where i think we can still improve more is is still to be even more clinical up front i mean if you look at the stats for the game um, possession wise we had more of it and um, we actually had more passes um, interestingly quite a few more uh, 548 again in this match and um, we did have a better pass rate as well so again that match is similar um, figures i've quoted in the last couple of games um we also had a lot of um or more, much more success with crosses and things like that where they're better is um the interesting stats were to do with um shots we had more shots in the box and subsequently we had more block shots as well um but they had um i think we had three dangerous chances we scored them they had two dangerous chances and they scored three goals obviously that's i presume they account for the uh the own goal in that, I suppose. Um, or maybe the, even the first goal not being as, as much of a threat, I'm not sure. But the stats there just tell you that one thing Wolves are very good at is putting away chances, with the exception of that one at the end, thankfully. <laughs> um, yeah, But he, he's not a regular guy in their team. So I think, all in all, we have to be positive with that one. It's definitely a better performance. It did show character. And I do think we've got things to build on going forwards. Um, but yeah, we I agree do I need
0: the mood was very different than if we'd drawn one all with them. I think probably in, in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, if we'd just drawn one all in a pretty ordinary game, or whoever took the lead, it probably would have been a lot more focused on if we have one at home again. Whereas the fact that we came back from three one down, focused it, turned it around a lot, and kind of focused it on, you know, kind of like oh we were you know, the positives of it in a way, which yeah. maybe let Potter off the hook a little bit, but also maybe actually makes the mood around the you know the team a bit better as well. So it's probably a good thing. Yeah.
1: The fight back, the goals scored, those things are definite positives. Yeah, we and... showed
0: massive fight in the second half, which is something we haven't really she- seen yeah. in a lot of games. You know, Arsenal, we didn't really show that much fight mm. at all, especially once we were one down. We looked like we were pretty much resigned to it, whereas in that game, two goals down, we showed a lot of kind of battle and fight. Yeah, and hunger too, which could is I would argue good. that the, second, the, the, the nature of second goal basically kind of changed mm. the game massively because... A, kind of undid any Wolves halftime team talk and B yeah. gave us real impetus. And from there we didn't really kind of like I was saying Traore, I think was their only threat second half. It was yeah. it wasn't really anything else. They didn't none of their attacking players really offered anything else except for him. It was just him on the break or an us trying to push forward for another goal. And you know, I thought mm. we you know we on another day we could have won that game, but on another day we could have you could easily have lost yeah. you know and,
1: and, and seeing Morpé score another goal and seeing Connolly looking confident and scoring, seeing Zakiri having a, a, a pretty bright half. I think all those things and were well, not and only... In... I mean, Trossard
0: have a bright game. And, and Trossard, lot, yeah. The biggest things. He is probably our most attack, uh, uh, talented attacker of the lot, I think, probably of all of them. And he yeah. gets the Belgian squad, which, frankly, has a ridiculous amount of attacking players in it in terms of quality. So he, I think he's arguably our best attacking player. If he can get it back into full form to provision providing players, you know, we then yeah. yeah, it could be hopefully even if we miss some, we should be able to score some as well. Yeah, he absolutely. The and then he lost his way after his especially yeah. after that United game where he hit the post about four times.
1: Yeah I mean he, he makes a big difference when he's on form doesn't he and a lot of what we did prior to, to this season when he was when he was in good form and I do think that seeing those players doing well not only is it inspiring confidence for them individually but also collectively as a team and also the whole thing about competition for places as well you're thinking hang on this security guy's doing all right right we have to buck ourselves up now that yeah. will hopefully help as well the the final point for me on this on the match is um, For me, our position is both slightly strengthened and slightly weakened in the same weekend round of results, bizarrely. On the one hand, it's strengthened over the bottom two, which is obviously a good thing. Sheffield United lost yet again to Palace, still on two points from, I think, 17 games now, which is unbelievably bad. And West Brom got thrashed. So the goal difference wise and obviously the one point gain as well has strengthened our position over them. Where it's slightly weaker, it of course is that um, we drop points again. We the average points wise, we are now closer to, to Fulham. Fulham have um, now two games in hand. They're not easy games, I know. Um, the Burnley match got postponed. They're, they're away okay, game.
0: They've got to uh, win and draw two away games to get ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm not too worried about that. Yeah,
1: I I think it's just important to keep points coming on the board at the moment to keep the spirits up. And if we do those two things together, make signings we need to in the summer then we could we can have a good second half.
0: Uh, One more positive as well. I thought Lalana played decently for the 20, 25 minutes he was on and also yep. bit again as well, which is a bonus. Um, yep. so I, would, I would hold him back for Man City and not play him, but then play him at Leeds and play him further forward. So I think we're going to get chances at Leeds. They'll leave themselves quite open and I think Lalana's quality on the ball will make a difference.
1: Yeah, it's good to see in a way that Leeds got comfortably beaten it, just in case they do get dragged in. Yeah, Newcastle I, I got know, I know, beaten I know heavily. we
0: all get dragged in now, but I also know that they're mm. they're far from being unbeatable. I mean, they, yeah. they vary from winning five 0 one week to losing five nil next, and they're, they're yeah they're completely random. So it's far from an unwinnable game. man I definitely think we've got a good chance at Leeds. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't play reserve team at Man City, but I would play I would play players maybe who were less like you know say decent, and again maybe the benefit of our squad being you know reasonably. Yeah, you know, flexible.
1: Absolutely. And we, we also gained a point on Newcastle who got heavily beaten and, and Arsenal, thankfully, did keep that winning run going that they, uh, well, benefited from against us, um, that they got on the uh, score sheet again comfortably yeah, in it, their it, last it match.
0: The to has been made that like, this Arsenal team have beaten Chelsea 3-0, um, West Brom 4-0 and our reserves 1-0. So, or not mm. our reserves, but certainly a kind of, you know, second string certainly for a lot of them. So it's it's an interesting one, you know, kind of quite a brand, what we, most people thought was quite a weird team selection, only one nil. So yeah. it's an interesting one, you know. It it shows we're not as bad as, and also backs up the whole that when we, you know our reserves are probably equally, you know, quite close yeah. to our first team in a way. There's there's not a lot of difference in that sense.
1: Yeah, one other point to make from the weekend games as well, um, in general. Uh Zahar getting away with one again. I don't know if you've seen this. He's got a habit of as well of getting wound up as we know, of raising his hands to people's faces. He's got away with this at least once, I think twice before. He did it again, didn't he, against Sheffield United. Um he was obviously getting provoked by something, don't know what it was, but um he raises his hands. It's not a violent s- slap or punch in the face, but he does sort of kind of pad or claw at the player's face. And if if your man goes down there, that's um
0: you know the more incidents just, you see of, uh, of things like that and of, of of fake moving your head towards players as well, the more you realize yeah. actually Duffy was a little bit unlucky against Palace because Duffy moved his head towards Van Arnholt a little bit, but and, and Van Arnholt collapsed underneath him,
1: yeah. But actually, so,
0: if but actually, how much it was, on yeah,
1: that versus um Walker at Wembley?
0: yeah, a, yeah. A, an example, and also there's been some more recent ones as well. There was someone quite recently in one of our games who did that, was it, was it the Palace guy Mitchell who did it against um. Yeah. Like that, and there was another one I think more recently from us as well mm. where a player moved his head and it's like I thought the rule was if you move your head towards someone you're off even if you don't head even if you don't actually touch them it's kind of like that's yeah. it's, it's the attempt at headbutting someone but again,
1: it, he he came in for praise on, um, on the uh, match of the day for uh, the fact he didn't go down but then you think well um, you know again I mean? if he's if nothing comes of it he might get praised as much as he wants but his teammates will probably think, well, you know, next time, just go down. And the manager will probably say, yeah. just go down because...
0: Team go if you're not going to punish things because players don't go down, then don't expect them to stay on their feet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Final things then to round off this episode. Um, One thing is we're, we're hearing there might be a story emerging actually related to Sheffield United, which might not be good news for them as well to do with... um um, a matters off the pitch Um stay tuned for that we won't say anything because that's an early early stage report of something um, which is going to just compound their misery really I think if uh, if anything comes of that um, my final point though for the, for the pod was just a little bit of a, a touch on the transfer window it's now open of course um, a couple of things Um first of all I was thinking about sort of players. We were talking with Nick, weren't we, on the on the post match Zoom, and he thinks Josh King would be a good acquisition if we could get him, either just for the rest of the season or beyond. The proper centre forward is at Bournemouth. Um, he, I think, he said for some reason he wants to play. He thinks he can play Champions League um, football, but um, that's not going mean, well, whether... to
0: happen. Whether joining United a couple of January. Two years ago, yeah, maybe it was, or a year which,
1: ago, which was curious in its own right, wasn't it? I mean, that didn't make sense at the time for yeah, me, but last
0: year it was when they signed, um, uh, what's his name instead? Uh, the Igalo,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: they were basically trying to sign any forward who could play for them, so they they went, they they went, the king wasn't able, they would Bournemouth refused to let him go, so they went for Igalo instead, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, and if, um, if you're after him a year ago, you'd understand why you'd reckon he might get, yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe. But,
1: I mean, he might be a good option, whether or not he, he falls foul of the no dickheads policy. I don't know. We were talking about no dickheads on the...
0: Dickhead. I think he's, he's just got ambition, I suppose, you could argue. Yeah. But I mean, I'd be delighted to see Josh King here. I don't think it'll happen. I, don't, I think Nick's going yeah. to happen as well, did
1: not he? I've got no idea either way about what he's like. But uh, no, it's quite funny. We were talking about that and um, Nick was saying, you know, we, we're almost too many nice guys and we come up against yeah. a team of dickheads.
0: So <laughs> I did have a couple I, of I teams of in mind when he said that. Is Boulaye idea, but yeah, I think it's because it's it's past happening now. He's second or third top scorer in France, and he was linked in the summer. Um, mm, I don't really yeah. know that. I've seen bits clips of him, but I don't really know a lot about him. But he sounds like he's like the sort of player we need. You know, got pace, got strength up front. He's and he's got goals in France this summer, this season. Yeah. yeah
1: he. I mean, he might be the best option. I think.
0: I mean, we've we mentioned he, Ivan Toney is unlikely the past, to link with him, and he yeah. It sounds like is really going to somewhere else now. He's not on the list. It sounds like he's, yeah. his other clubs overseas interested in him, so he's probably going overseas.
1: Yeah, another another player. Obviously, we would like is Ivan Tony, but that's that's not realistic. The other one I mentioned actually on the chat the other day uh, with, with the guys was um, Cordy Woodrow, who who've, who's always been a championship jobbing kind of striker from my perception. I haven't ever really been particularly impressed with him until the last couple of years. He's really his star really has been rising. He's looking more and more accomplished and more confident in the role. He is a centre-forward. He can move around a bit. He's got good movement. I think he understands positional sense is good. He understands the game in that regard pretty well. He's doing really well with Barnsley. They're top half pushing for the playoffs now, um, which is uh, fantastic work for them. Um, likeable club, I think, on the whole. So pleased to see them doing well. But there is talk that he's maybe ready to make not only a step up to a, a much more um, proactive championship club, no offence to Barnsley, but, you know, a team that might be, should we say, regular playoff contenders, um, but also to um, possibly a Premier League option. And if he is, then we're the kind of club maybe in the, in the frame. Um, I wonder if he might be an option. Just one to throw out there. And the only other one to mention for me was uh, Buendia. I mean, what a player he is. He's looking so good. You yeah, wouldn't be able to get
0: him. Anyway, Norwich will sell any of their players in January. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean
1: they're top top of the table, they're playing really well. He's he's had in goal involvement, I think, in in um two thirds of their games this season. He's
0: got at the weekend, yeah. I mean I don't see any way they'll sell him Yeah,
1: seven goals, seven
0: assists. And if it, we get a striker it'll be a European based one probably, given yeah. the value and what you can get from from generally. But yeah. I, like, I mean who it will be. I mean yeah, good like idea I I know from the summer we were interested in I'll talk of if, if that's true and if we still are, I'd be delighted, but I think probably he's got better clubs after him now. Unfortunately,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I remember...
0: Go uh, for the striker above him in the champion, in the top league in France, Mbappe.
1: <laughs> that would be good, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Norwich are not going to be selling, really. They've made a, a point no. of saying that as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so on yeah, that note, I think... If they're not, not left it or barely did. I mean, Lewis went to Newcastle and that was about it, wasn't it? Um, so mm. they're definitely not going to sell now. They're top of the league with half of the season gone.
1: Yeah, I think your option in France is the, is the most feasible bet if we do go for somebody now.
0: Um, I still talk of um, Edouard in Celtic because he's, they're out of Europe and there's and they yeah. are, but again, I think you probably go for a bigger club generally. I, mean, yeah. I, I genuinely think we'll probably end up with no one. I think probably that if we didn't go for someone in the summer, we probably won't, having got well bet, we won't go for anyone now. And we'll just hope and we won't, probably won't go for replacing Potter and we'll just go, hope that we can get enough to stay up. Mm which yeah i think i think he's a stupid decision but i think that's what probably they'll go for
1: i wonder whether with Andoni potentially coming back and apparently ahead of schedule on training yeah. whether i mean nick, nick was saying he's you yeah, know he he's, he's he might be um seen as a dickhead but he's our dickhead
0: yeah, <laughs> i I, mean, I think he'd be a decent option i just don't think he'll be fit enough until yeah you know, that's going to be the issue isn't it getting into training now he won't be match fit for two months probably or something like that because he's been out for so long i just it's just yeah. not a feasible, a feasible option in terms of like the number of games we'll play play before. In fact, ironically, if we had a if we had a circuit break, it'd probably help him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. I wonder if um with Zakiri sort of having a good start, if he continues to have good games, whether that also will deter them from I, being I keen to sign
0: someone. I think they're quite keen mm. on keeping it as it is. If mm. we can get Percy Tower back, keep mo and get Moda in, then they'll they'll regard that as as the recruitment. Yeah
1: yeah right. excellent well on that note peter i think we would better round off so um thanks for joining me It's just the two of us on this one and um, we'll be back with another one I'll later this week out. oh yeah <laughs> indeed yeah um so thanks very much and um well we look forward to the next one uh it's the cup Newports. we've got that coming up soon up
0: for, the cup?
1: up for the cup peter potential banana skin though potential banana skin <laughs> <laughs> so until the next time up the albion standoff all